A sample of the 38 topics that Patreons graced us with is the following. Stuck in a blue state, opportunities emerging from collapse, mountain property or farm property, recommendations for night vision, most embarrassing prepper mistakes we've made, long-term storage of coffee, how to inventory preps, and do I really hate Doritos? When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. We have a great show for you. We talk about what you want to hear about. We answer Patreon's questions, a sample of the 38 topics that uh, Patreon's graced us with is the following stuck in a blue state opportunities emerging from collapse mountain property or farm property recommendations for night vision most embarrassing prepper mistakes we've made long-term storage of coffee how to inventory preps and do i really hate doritos Ooh, stay tuned for that answer but want to just talk about how does shelby wake up in the morning well generally kind of it's a difficult (laughs) transition But one of the things is she walks in the kitchen and gets a warm cuppa. And it's a cuppa hot Minutemen coffee. Mm. And it is wonderful stuff. It's a great way to start the day. It's a great way to maintain my day. It's a great thing for Glenn that Shelby starts her day with caffeine because when she doesn't have caffeine, it's It's not not awesome. It's not a good day. Mm -mm. So I encourage you to check them out. They're at our website, prepping2-0.com. Click on Friends and Affiliates. You'll find them there along with a really great coupon code. They are the awesome coffee company that are the exclusive roasters of I Miss America Blend. I mean, that's kind of awesome. But they've also brought the Constitution back to the coffee industry, and we appreciate that. That's right. You get a copy of the Constitution with every order. You got to love that. Well, let's get into it. One of the benefits of being a Patreon is getting to ask us questions and having your answers read on the air. Now, another uh, benefit of it's being awesome. a Patreon at the $5 and up level is you're going to be seeing at that level video bonus shows and you're going to be seeing a lot of new video a bonus lot more shows. Of them. Shelby, what's the topic of the wave of VBSs that are going to be coming out? How we are getting our homestead up and going. The it's- build out of our homestead visual. Absolutely. And one example of that, if you listened to last week's show, you heard us talking about the chicken coop, the greenhouse. The development of certain areas for certain purposes. We did a video bonus show on that as a complement to that show. You're going to see more and more and more videos like that. But before we get into the main part of the show, we wanted to bring you an occasional segment that we like to call You're Not Crazy. And in this You're Not Crazy segment, we're going to talk about the mainstream media slowly acknowledging that prepping might be a good idea. What? That's so crazy. I was, I was, you know, doing my cup of morning this morning with my Minuteman coffee. And I'm looking through the news feeds and, you know, you get these kind of pop culture sort of headlines. Top 10 things to stock up on during, uh, I, you know, whatever. I can't remember what their verbiage was. During the shortages. The Biden regime. During the shortages. <laughs> you know, things to stock up on. Gosh. And this was not a prepper feed. This was like an entertainment feed, like what wristwatch is a Kardashian wearing It was the news feed off of Facebook where they just kind of feed you what they want. This was one of the headlines. And I remember sitting there going, it's kind of weird. Is that okay, Facebook? But what I think is interesting is that a year ago, two years ago, especially when COVID started, those of us who were stocking up were hoarders. Yes, bad people. Crazy people with Mm -hmm. tinfoil hats. Conspiracy theorists. Now it's normal now it's you're okay not crazy because so, the facebook news feed said it was okay so it's okay and we're halfway kidding but halfway serious right. the point is is that the mainstream folks are starting to figure this out it took them a baby formula crisis which and i i did a great khnc show yeah, don't, if you don't mind about, me saying no please do i want you to talk about it yeah a khnc is a fantastic radio station in colorado they play our show in fact quite a few of you are listening to this show on khnc thank you very much love it And on Fridays, I'm on the show, and I did a whole one-hour topic with the two other hosts about the baby formula shortage. And I got to say, it turned out really well. There was a lot of information in there and a lot of talk about how is it that this happened. The short version of the story is 
that all the things and they're little in isolation, but they add up to they be big added things. Up a lot. It's kind of the perfect storm principle. All these little things that have been going on in America have caught up with the baby formula supply. Things like just-in-time inventory, outsourcing production of things overseas, and then when there's a big problem to an overseas plant, it causes supply chain disruptions, high fuel prices, and then the whole human phenomenon of when things are in short supply, people stock up. We're not gonna call it hoarding because it's not hoarding. Hoarding means you have 95 cats and you keep all of your- um, And there's no purpose to it. Yeah, your aluminum cans or something like that. That's hoarding, that's mental illness. It is not mentally ill when your baby needs formula to buy a couple extra cans. That is not mental that's, illness. That's called that's being smart. Yeah, that's called being a good parent. Yeah. So my point with all of that was any kind of supply system has to take into account the fact that people are going to stock up pre-purchase, as we like to call it here on Prepping 2.0, pre-purchase things. I talked about the ammunition shortage and how a lot of people, including us, pre-purchased a lot of ammunition and that leads to the shelves being empty but that's not an excuse for the government who's got all kinds of ridiculous policies in place and the big corporations that try to cut costs to ridiculous lengths it's not an excuse to say oh people are gonna pre-purchase you need to have a robust enough supply chain to address it and the point that I made on the KHNC show was that this is just the beginning. All the things that we've mentioned as being reasons for the baby formula shortage apply to every other item. It's just that yeah. the lack of baby formula is such a dire situation. It's a matter of potentially life and death for the most innocent among us. So, and if I may add to that, and I, I fully admit, because I work on Fridays, I was not able to listen to this what? show. I know. A um, couple of um, thoughts, because Glenn and I have had great conversations about this in the last 24 hours since you did the show. Two things I want to kind of point out as preppers. Um, first of all, one of our recent guests, Dr. Bones, their website is doomandgloom.com. Dot net. Dot net. Um, please check him out. He has a great article over there on what to do. And I read it, and it's not necessarily what to do if you are in need of baby formula, because he doesn't offer a lot of answers, but he does say what not to do. Right, Thing, which is key. Which is key, So, because here are your choices, and they're not easy choices. You can um, not feed your baby. Not a choice. And this is, again, exclusively for those people who are in a situation where they have to bottle feed. If you're breastfeeding, don't stop. Mm -hmm. You can either... Um, Make your own baby formula uh, based on somebody's recipe out there, and there's plenty. The FDA says you shouldn't do that, but these are your choices. Starve your baby or make your own formula. Mm -hmm. Those are your choices. The FDA has offered nothing else. Oh, by the way, the FDA that is overseen by the President of the United States knew about this coming yeah, up months in February. ago. In February. did nothing. And was warned, specifically warned about this. And did nothing. The, and then, if, sorry to interrupt no, you, ahead. the press secretary, the new one who's starting, was asked, who is the point person for the administration on the baby formula crisis? I kid you not, she laughed. It, she was, it was funny to her. She thought it was a joke. She, I'm not even kidding. She laughed. So, Babies not having formula is funny to this regime. So... Here, so I encourage you to go to that website and check out what Dr. Bone says about this. And he's very thoughtful of it. And he also has link, several, like I would say, handful of links to what he calls the mom blogs on, mm -hmm. on how to make your own formula. Because that's your choice. Because right now the FDA, and he referenced this, this in that piece, says not to make your own formula. So if we're going to follow... Like they said to wear masks because that's yeah. going to prevent... So this is the conversation you and I had before the show. So the same people who said... Get a vaccine. Many of you are injured from them. Don't use ivermectin. A mask will protect a you. A mask will protect we you. We need to shut down schools because it's not like anything bad but, is going to happen to kids. But tattoo parlors and, and strip clubs can yep. stay open. Essential businesses. Yep, because schools aren't. Those are the same people who are telling you right now, don't make your own formula. Their track record is pretty bad. It's, I'm not. I, sorry. 
I'm not. <laughs> I am. First of all, I am very thankful that I don't have small children right now. But my children, when they were babies, were bottle fed. Mm-hmm. And I think about one, how much it cost then and how inconvenient it was in a lot of ways. But I'll tell you what we and that's where that led us to the second part of the conversation that we had last evening was this isn't just it is a mom issue. If you're a mom of a small child, you are in a complete panic right now. If a small child meaning under a year old. But this is a family problem. Mm-hmm. If you have grandchildren that are of this age, under a year old, if you are an aunt, if you are an uncle, if you are a spouse, you are of a baby. You're freaking out. This is a family. You are freaking out. You had this story. You told me about this story about this entire family had heard that. Yeah, it was it was a Breitbart Daily News podcast, which is a great podcast, by the way. And the host of it has a five month old and said that he was searching around. He was going all over trying to find baby formula. And then someone in his family texted him in the middle of the night and said there was a rumor that there was baby formula at the CVS. So at three in the morning, he went out to the CVS. Well, and the whole family did. Yeah, and they scooped it up because there were there were like four can limits on what everybody so, could right, buy. So, all right, so everybody so the, get up, it's the 3 a.m. Yep, 3 a.m., everybody, everyone needs to go buy four cans. This is, so to the current administration, you wanna really do this to families who are all voters? Yeah. I'm just saying you need to somehow fix this. Suburban moms who, demographically speaking, vote in very high percentages for Democrats. You just lost Now it. you're being blamed with trying to kill their babies. These are this. So the the idea that this isn't just, OK, you know, eat yogurt instead of ice cream or just switch your preferences on something that right. you can't get. There's no alternative except the mom blogs, what Dr. Jones, or Dr. Jones, Dr. Bones refers to as the mom blogs. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to be, as a prepper, I am going to do what I need to do to save my children's life and to keep them thriving and living. I'm not gonna listen to the science. And I think, and I had a texting conversation with one of, with Jeff Reynolds this morning, mm-hmm. one of our prior guests. This also teaches me to use that same prepping mindset mindset when I'm consuming news. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that, I think, a little bit t- today. But I just wanted to draw this out because this is not going to stop at baby formula. We're going to start seeing these sort of shortages hit key food items that have life and death consequences. And as I said on the KHNC show, every single reason for the baby formula shortage exists for shortages of other food and of gasoline and of everything else. And so, and by the way, just for the record, I like saying that because I'm a lawyer, for the record, (laughs) about two years ago, we did a show. I don't have the episode number for you off the top of and my head. And we looked, doggone it, we I know, looked we hard. looked, but we talked about even people that don't have nursing babies should stock up on baby formula because somebody you know is going to need it. And when those semis quit rolling with baby food on them, um, people are gonna be in dire straits and you're gonna be in a position to have an incredibly positive charitable effect on, I say it again, the most innocent yeah. and most vulnerable in our entire population are little babies. Oh, and if you want to read my book series, mm-hmm. this was a big, there's there's a baby that's a character in that book series and, and the the prepping that went around that, that, that situation. So I encourage you to read my books. There yeah, you go. A Great State by yep. Shelby Gallagher. Awesome. Well, Shelby, why yeah. don't you uh, read our first question from our first Patreon and... Uh, and the first two are, are hers. They're related. Yep. So they're kind of related. So Carolyn asks, how best to prepare if you are unable to move out of a red state specific? And she says specifically located in two of the worst blue states. Well, wow. and Ray Jensen says, I'm in the same boat. And Upstate Hacker says, I totally get this question. We are in a very blue state, too. We're moving this summer at great financial and family yep. cost. The struggle is real. Well, to answer Carolyn's question, how to best prepare if you're in a blue state and unable to move out to a red state, do the same stuff that you would do in a red state, food, um, baby formula, feminine products, even things that you don't, your household doesn't use. Yeah. But be covert. You've got a great scene about that 
in a great state about when you were in Portland and you had to covertly prep. Yeah, that would be the one thing. Thank you for mentioning that. The one thing I would add that is a particular blue state factor for prepping is be covert because you're surrounded by grasshoppers. Yeah. The ant and the grasshopper story, of course. You're surrounded by dependent, entitled, angry, frustrated people and you're, who and, are going to take your stuff. And you're surrounded by a government that that poo-poos on someone like you. If they get wind of that, they'll come after your stuff. I mean, I, I don't doubt it, especially if you're in one of the worst blue states. So I would be covert, do all the things you know to do to prep. And then, um, just like I talk about my books, have a bug out location. If you, you have to get the heck out of Dodge because things get spicy and dicey, have, you know, Aunt Susie's farm in, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think one of the, in my mind, one of the worst blue states is uh, Illinois because of Chicago. Be, get ready to go to Iowa. Get ready to go to Wisconsin to, to be able to bug out, even if it's only temporary, to be able to get into a place of safety. So to answer Carolyn's question directly, there are two things that come to mind, two blue state specific preps. One was being covert and the second one as Shelby talked about, is having a rock-solid escape plan. Not just in general, like everyone, even in red states, you should have an escape yeah. plan. Um, we but, live in a state that forest fires are a real deal. Yep. We, we have a place to go. And so you need to have not only a place to go, but a plan to get there. We did a, a great episode, if you don't mind me saying, called Bugging Out 101 that talked about all the things in the system. We're always talking about systems here. Uh, from having stuff that you're going to move, having a place you're going to move to, figuring out how you're going to haul stuff, figuring out trailers, tongue weight, right? That's yeah. a real thing when it comes to trailers, U-Hauls, all the stuff that it takes to have a rock solid bug out plan. So I think, yeah, go and ahead. To anyone who is kind of, when you're kind of stuck, have a five-year plan yeah. to get out if you can. Yeah. I've yep. talked to a lot of people in the last couple of years, especially when we meet them at some of the prepping expos. They can't get out now, but they do have a plan. So we'll go on to the next question. Let me take that one, Mr. Yeah, Tate. All right, the next one is from Blocker513. Unrest. And I don't know. I don't see the question here. So you'll have to help me out here. So just let me jump in here. The gremlins have oh, gotten yes. a hold of our office today. So Glenn is having to do this on oh, his God. phone and it's not fun. Having to read the Patreon questions on my phone because the two computers that I use won't let me into Patreon. They'll let Shelby into Patreon. Because I'm special. Because you're nice. Yes, I am. Yes. So just so you know, we have some gremlin issues happening today. So Blocker513 asks, I think he asks, or she, unrest coming from Roe versus Wade and this is a Politic stunt to cause Political issues. Political stunt. Yep, I think. I think so. Bird flu causing chicken and egg prices to skyrocket. What are the issues you see coming from this and how to best prep for it? First of all, yes, I've written about this. Um, the theme for this summer's riots are Roe versus Wade getting... Um, and you wrote about it on the Victory yep. Girls blog, and on which is an outlet that you're a contributor to, which is yep. very cool, by so the way. So you might look back a week ago, which was, I don't know, the first week or two. It was right around uh, Mother's Day. Um, the bird flu. I've asked about this. Montana, where we live, is getting kind of hit with this, and it's hitting the migratory birds. And um, we've had these hit before, and I talked to a friend of mine who has birds around here, and she's lived around here, and she said... It, it's a big fat nothing burger. I don't. I can't say that as an authoritarian. Like, this is what's going to happen. But hey, the government seems to find every opportunity to raise prices of things. So if you have chickens, be mindful of them. Do what you need to do. If you have or any kind of bird, really turkeys. If you grow any sort of egg or raise them, be mindful. Ptarmigans. Ptarmigans. Yes. That's Take a care joke, of them. The Watch out for it, and keep your bird. Keep raising birds. Because you're putting money into your food sources and controlling your food source, and you're not going to be spending four, five, six dollars a dozen for eggs. There you go. Mark in Michigan <clears throat> says, whose thought leadership on the collapse of the economy and of liberty are you following most closely now and why? What ideas about prepping CW2, of course, Civil War II, politics, the economy, etc. do you think you've changed your views on most significantly since you started prepping? Well, I'll answer that last question there. Um, the person I've changed my views on back and forth a couple of times, I'm going to say is Glenn Beck. Mm -hmm. When I've been a follower of Glenn Beck since the Obama years, 
And back in 2008, 2010, he was spot on. And I don't know what exactly happened, but... I think he had some health issues. I think there was a mental thing going on, to be very honest. There was a cognitive thing going on. I think that was documented to a degree. But he also wanted privacy. In the mid-teens, 2000-teens, he kind of stepped out of the limelight. And he had some... I I remember thinking, that man's not going to live much longer. I'll tell you what, in the last two years, that man has been spot on. The the meat crisis. He's a rancher himself. He owns ranch land in Idaho, Texas. Oh, I thought it was to Idaho too. Might be. It, he's anyway. based in Texas. Yes, he's based in Texas. He has. He was the one, if I recall, um, that is made into. He didn't maybe invent him, but he's pushed it into mainstream media. The the term meat mafia. We all know what that means now. He uses the word great reset enough that. I think we've all heard about it. I so he's the one that I've changed my views on because he has he he has made a really nice comeback, and he is strong strong and stronger than he was I would say ten to twelve years ago. I listened to him quite a bit. We used him. He was the one that came out with the study two years ago, right after the fall after fall of twenty twenty, when we had just gone through about six months of lockdowns. How he was the one that really put out there that over 50% of Americans are actively prepping in regards to more COVID lockdowns and political unrest from the 2020 elections. And I, and I think that number's probably grown since then. What are your thoughts? One of the things about being a prepper is adapting and not having normalcy bias. Right. And I can say that when Glenn Beck was a little loopy, my bias was that Glenn Beck was a little loopy. Yeah. And you got to be able to take in evidence mm-hmm. and change your mind and adapt and go with the best source of evidence. And you're right, dear. Glenn Beck has been phenomenal lately. And so he's a guy that we've changed minds about. As far as people we follow um, for things about prepping and politics and the economy and what's coming over the horizon, uh, Matt Shea, who mm-hmm. has um, Patriot Radio which is a great show. He's been a guest. He's been a guest. Um, I just texted him this morning asking him if he'd come back on the show again, unrelated to this. I just thought of that. Um, so he's somebody that we listen to. Um, and there's, I, I would go through the guest list that we have um, from Prepping 2.0 and uh, listen to folks that have been on there that have shows. And those are people that we rely upon because we're not going to have a guest on the show who we think is a crackpot and is a goofball because we're not going to give you, you know, goofball information. We, we, we take it very seriously um, when it comes to guests that we have on and their credibility. So those are some folks that we listen to. So now I think Shelby would like to mention some folks. Yep. I'm going to mention some of our sponsors, but folks that I want to kind of tease you a little bit coming up after the break, we're going to talk about destabilization. So, but first big thank you to some of our great sponsors, Backwoods Home Magazine, My Kind CBD, uh, EMP Shield, Jared Savick, great realtor in uh, Montana. You can find him at redstate-realtors.com. All of our affiliates, though, you can, friends and affiliates, you can find on our website, prepping2-0.com. Click on friends and affiliates. Folks, there's a ton of really great coupon codes and products there that will help you in your prepping. And don't forget, after the break, that fun word, destabilization. We'll talk about it. Don't go away. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. (laughs) Coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Bold, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemencoffee.com Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. 
You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. We're going to start this segment talking about a question that a Patreon has about destabilization, but you can see destabilization. Just walk through your grocery store, specifically the baby formula aisle. You can see things are not stable. Things are missing. Things are bare. There are holes. There are spots. What can you do about it? I encourage you to check out Numana Foods. Great folks over there specialize in bulk freeze-dried food. If you want to get your preps up and ready to go for when things get really scarce, I encourage you to check them out. They do have some special diet considerations in some of their products. We Gluten-free, lo- thank gluten-free, you very much. Some of those great allergen sort of problems that many of us have. I encourage you to check them out. Go to prepping2-0.com, click on Friends and Affiliates. Great folks over there. So we want to go into our next question. Do you want to do that one? Yes, Mike Tarkington. No relation to Fran Tarkington, I'm sure. The great quarterback for the Minnesota <laughs> This Vikings. is a hard-hitting question, too. This is. Mike says, all the Special Forces guests can tell us how a country can be destabilized, but what can we do to stabilize our country besides voting harder? And Alan the Awful chimes in and says, a tough but practical question. Yep, I'd like to hear a show on this one. A fabulous question, because we're not negative ninnies. We're not always talking about things breaking down and then just throwing up our hands and saying, oh, well, stuff's going to break down and it's going to be awful, dot, 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 and then what? Well, we, because we are conservatives, uh, we have a positive vision for how to stabilize our country. We accept the fact that there is ongoing and getting worse destabilization. How do you stabilize things? I think in my mind, it comes down to common sense and practicality because when stuff isn't working, like there's no baby formula on the shelves, people will forget all of the ideology they've been taught in public schools and that they hear on the news and you know even comedians and hollywood and all of that other stuff they'll get real practical real fast and there are practical obvious ways to fix broken systems 
and that is, revolves around free enterprise and liberty. Mm-hmm. Those are those are your two, you know, uh, tools in your toolbox. That's all you need. It's like a Phillips head screwdriver and a hammer. You can fix anything with those two things. And so it's true. It's true. We we live that. Maybe a box cutter too, but um, you need to have you know free enterprise and liberty. America as a whole, and I'm speaking, you know, about 330 million people in generalizing. And by definition, when you generalize about 330 million people, you're going to have uh, several tens of millions of counterexamples. However, America's not ready yet mm-hmm. for what needs to be done. And what needs to be done isn't some ghoulish, you know, genocide. It's, I mean, you know, just forget about all that nonsense. That's that's terrible. You're as bad as the other side if that's what you want to do in a collapse. I can't be more clear about that. This is not a time to have free reign to kill people you don't like because you're a monster. So don't do that. And and the 299 Days book series is very clear about that. Don't do that. And then it describes why and carries out in very vivid illustration why that's a terrible idea. So how to stabilize the country after it's destabilized. I'm going to say it comes down to blue and red. It, it colors absolutely everything when it comes to long-term uh, look over the horizon sorts of predictions. Blue states will be complete wrecks. Red states will be less wrecked. They will still be wrecked, the red states. They just won't be as wrecked. And people in blue states will figure this out a lot of them will try to come to red states. They're going to have some problems. There are some mountain passes and some interstate highways that are going to be blocked off because the people in red states are not going to want a bunch nope. of um, mouthy, entitled, angry leftists coming into their state Read and gobbling books. up all their food. Yep, exactly. Domestic immigration, a term you coined in a great state. So uh, it's not going to be pretty and it's not going to be easy, but people will figure out that freedom works and it always works. Even in communist countries, you've got tolerated, you know, gray market and black market businesses in, in Havana, you can get a taxi that is not government controlled because the government realizes it needs to have taxi service and they're not going to go after the taxi drivers. Free markets always spring up when they are attempting to stamp them out. And it's what's going to happen. That's a very general answer. I don't have a 10 point plan, but there's there's plenty of good people. And I'll say this, and I know this isn't a religious show, but there's a religious aspect to the answer to this question, in my humble opinion. And that is every single person was born in a particular place at a particular time. God has a plan. I think there are probably millions of people who were placed in the United States at this time because they are going to be leaders and good people who are going to help rebuild this country. And we're here for a reason. And and God is setting the stage for those of us. I count Shelby and I in, in this category of people. Um, perhaps that's vain. Don't really care. But God has placed us here to help build back this place mm-hmm. and make it even stronger and to do good. So that's my very general answer, but it's the best one I have. So I'm going to be a little bit more, I'm just going to come at it differently. I don't think one person can affect the national oh, instability. Goodness, no. And I fall into the, the um, category of being one of those people that where I read the national headlines and I get, and I get that feeling of what can I do to help? There's nothing. There's not one thing a person can do. So, so start, start local. You and I, well, first of all, as much as you can get to a red state because you will be with like-minded people and there, and, and you'll be away from blue states. You'll be away from that. And you'll be more buffered. We talked about this in the, several shows in the last six months. You will be buffered from the federal effects more so than you will in a blue state. And this is key. I want people to hear this. We live here where we live locally. I'll tell you what, our little island that we call our paradise, our our, our little part of the paradise that we live on, our five acres, tell you what, freedom reigns there. Mm-hmm. So then we make sure that we are um, aware and voting appropriately in local politics. 
Um, and we have a primary coming up where we live, and we're and we know who we're voting for. We've met several candidates. We know what's going on, because if we can keep our little jurisdiction, our little tiny community, red and free, when things get really dicey at a federal level, our little community will stay red and free. That's what what we and that go and then it will spread out from there. If you keep your I don't know, legislative district, your county, your your half of your state red. You're that we are that much ready for when this the whole blue country, the federal part of our country collapses, which I think is coming. You know, and you bring up a good point about um, elected officials and Mike Turkington says, you know, what can we do to stabilize the country besides voting harder? And he makes he makes a, a, a subtle swipe. Right. And I think a legitimate Which, swipe. Uh, we at, can't trust at, our at, elections. Yeah. About so. voting, but just voting. But when you're in a red state. So what I'm saying only applies to red states. Yeah, blue states don't care. When you're in a red state, you can actually vote for people, some of whom are awesome, some of whom are fakers and suck. But you can vote for people local officials that when stuff needs to be rebuilt you've now got the legitimacy of a local elected official and i think of sheriffs in this situation a local elected sheriff can do a whole lot of good assuming he or she's a good person obviously that's a given in all of this that they can with that uh, aura of authority that they have they can be leaders and do stuff and you as a conservative and this only applies in a red state absolutely you as a conservative can actually link up with ride the coattails of and support good elected officials that is impossible in a blue state yep. so you know and 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 this is this is a good segue um some people not a segue but a tangent some people that don't like conservatives and don't like preparedness they say that we preppers and listeners of prepping 2.0 that we don't like government not entirely true we don't like bad government we don't like government the way it's practiced in most parts of this country we believe in changing it via elections and running for office and doing these sorts of things but when it comes to how do you rebuild a country um, one of the things that we are all about, in in my opinion, I say we, I'm not speaking for everybody, I'm speaking for myself. I am all about linking up with legitimate, good elected officials. Again, that's a key qualifier, and I'm not saying government is always good. Listen, I sue government for a living. Mm-hmm. If anybody knows that government is bad and there are bad apples, it would be me. So don't read too much into this, but do read this into it. There is a legitimate role for good elected officials in areas of the country where good elected officials can actually, number one, exist, and number two, get stuff done. And part of your reconstruction plan needs to at least be open to the prospect of working with local government and and don't just oppose government for the sake of opposing government. Be selective. Look at the evidence. Don't just wall off the sheriff because he's got a badge he may be a really big asset to the rebuilding of your local area absolutely so yes well i get the whole the whole um idea of poo-pooing on elections i I will say this we have been absolutely refreshed living where we are now goodness knowing and hearing assurances from local elections officials you need to have ID to vote. There's no ballot harvesting. All of those things that where we come from are standard practice for elections. Standard fraud practice. And we know that how important that is. So we, where we live, the, the local elections are pure. So again, I encourage you to, one, move to a red state to keep your piece of the pie free and then work on your local stuff. Federal stuff, I kind of have given up on. So next question. I believe this is directed to me, so I will field this if you don't mind. Pilgrim Prague says, do you hate Doritos? Kind of down on the Doritos eaters in the past, or do I secretly love them? Oh, I can I answer that for you? Please do. He loves them. I love delicious Doritos, especially with an ice cold beer. Um, 16 ounce can of Rainier is my favorite because I grew up poor, and that's what we had. That's- 
This one I drank in high school. Yes, I just said in high school. Oh, the stories. But I like Doritos, but Doritos have become such shorthand for the many other people that love Doritos. Some of overindulge on them. Some of whom kind of their whole life revolves around sitting on the couch, playing video games and eating Doritos. It's that that uh, non-player character yeah. NPC thing, which is a, a video game reference. Ironic, I would be making a video game reference <laughs> after making fun of video games. They're the people in the background. They're not characters in the game, but and they're they're just they're just in the background. They lead kind of they, useless they lives. Air. They consume air. Yeah. They're gen poppers, the general population. So I will say this. Glenn Tate got me hooked on whatever. The, what are the Enfuego Doritos that are super hot? Oh, uh, Tapatio. No, is, no, no, no. The, oh, yeah. El Tapatio yeah. Doritos. Yeah, which is Tapatio is a, is a Mexican hot sauce. And in, in Washington State, at least, I haven't found them out here in Montana. They have Tapatio flavored Doritos, which are amazing. But what makes them so amazing? There's a second Yeah, there's product. a second. So you got to get the screaming hot ones, the, those. Takis are kind of a secondary to that. If you've ever had Takis that are screaming, like set your nasal passage on fire. Don't do those. Um, dip them in crema, which is basically Hispanic sour cream. Yeah. Oh, my goodness it's gracious. A Doritos. We can't buy it because we can't buy that combination because we would become air consumers. Yeah, we, we would. <laughs> we would. We would quit doing the show and we would just sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Oh my goodness, it so, would be awful. It would be terrible. The, so you've got the next one, I CPO twenty seventy one. Really want to grab onto this one, CPO two zero seven one. What opportunities do you see that are already here or will be emerging during this collapse? Details. I'm thinking of stuff to make extra income to facilitate living and prepping now. We can all see that the collapse is well started. However, we are still in the relative peacetime. I'm grinding so hard at just making a living now that I'm having trouble lifting my head up to see what else I can do. You detailed 13 roles for people in a survival community that will have value. What do you see emerging for roles in mid-collapse community to add value or earn extra income? I'm going to take two ideas. First one, and we are working towards this on... um, our little piece of heaven. And we did this in Washington state. We have, when when we bought a property, we are looking for some structure on that property to be able to Airbnb. Airbnb, we made a really nice second income when we did Airbnb properties. In Washington state. In Washington state. We're looking to do that here in Montana. That is something we can do while we are working. I totally get it. I, I work 30 to 40 hours a week and I'm able at, when in Washington able to maintain two Airbnb properties that were very profitable. Airbnb has given the hotel industry a run for its money and, good. and it's good. It needs to happen. The second part of that that I see coming, this is more predictable, but I'm seeing it as this spring emerges and people are scrambling to figure out how to grow things during the growing season. Um, I see huge potential, and I'm going to try and take advantage of it next year. Growing plant starts. In a greenhouse, for example. In our greenhouse, growing plant starts and selling them for bank. Mm -hmm. Um, I can buy a package of seeds for $2, and if they all sprout, I can make several hundred dollars. Two, selling vegetables. When you go to the grocery store and it costs you $15, for a bag of lettuce, I can grow lettuce. salad mix. Salad mix, a salad, mm-hmm. yeah, I can do that easily for probably less than a dollar. I will sell bags of a salad mix, and and doing that kind of um, farm to table, farmers market sort of a thing. But I see huge potential in that in the coming years, as people are really trying to figure out how to grow their own food. Yeah, as far as side hustles go, which is kind of what mm-hmm. CPO 2071 is getting at, uh, they they should probably track an interest you have. Uh, Shelby and I love talking to people about prepping, and so we started a podcast, for example. I mean, that's that's kind of an obvious example. Um, and, and he mentions the 13 rules. I assume that's an he, old episode. That is too. an old episode. You've gone way back. Good for you. Yeah. And we did an episode, don't have the number off the top of my head, in which we talked about, um, I think it was bug out operations is yeah. what was in the title of it. And we talked about the 13 roles that we see a, a healthy bug out location, a small community 
um, the three roles that need to be fulfilled. And it's not that you're going to have one person exclusively doing one role. You're probably going to have doubling, tripling, and quadrupling up. But it was an important episode. It's one of the ones I'm really proud of, to be honest, where we we opened up some minds about all the people you need, all the skills you need. And in some cases, they're not skills. They're just assigned duties um, to, to make things run smoothly because it, it gets rid of that notion when you need 13 roles to be fulfilled that you can do this on your own. Yeah. Nope, you can't. You can't patrol 24 hours a day, for example. That's the most understandable example out there. And so um, the 13 roles, we had things, you know, there was there was cooking and there was first aid. There was a radio dispatcher, for example. Inventory of items. Yeah. Somebody who, you know, does that. And also, and this kind of surprised people because they may not have thought of it. You need somebody whose role it is to know all the combinations to all the padlocks and have a set of keys and know how to get in and out of stuff, not just your your stuff, but if your neighbor's consent to your neighbor's stuff. You need to have somebody who is the lock and key person. Yep. And it was stuff like that because, you know, you can have this great plan about if we get overrun, we're going to go over here and we're going to have defensive positions and you can have this all sketched out and it's all cool and nobody brings the key or knows the combo to the fence you need to get through in order to get to your defensive position. So um, I guess the 13 rolls is a good start for some side businesses. I'm not sure how the rolls necessarily translate into peacetime businesses, but it's if you can double up and do a business that also has a key role during the the hot period, um, right. that's probably so. But I would going back to kind of my example of um, growing whatever you're able to grow, sell. That's where I. Th- that's what I see mostly coming. Wherever you see eggs. a short eggs, wherever you see a shortage. If yeah. you can provide it. There Plus you go. you're providing it for yourself. And I mean, yeah. you know, you were mentioning growing vegetables and all of that. You're learning. You well, It's not you're learning. You have had learned. Is that even a an English thing? Well, have had learned. You have learned past skills. tense. Yeah. You've already done what you need to do for yourself, which is figure out how to grow food. And once you've done that, you're making back some money. And you're going to grow community. You're going to grow yeah. network. When people realize that you are an asset, now if they want to steal from you, it's a problem. Which is That's why a you, whole need have, skill. you need to have a lot of guns. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Those are some thoughts. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we have the top ten list of of side hustles, but I'll tell you, Airbnb is is a really legitimate one. Learning skills, um, any kind of mechanical skills, small engine repair. Okay. That All whole, kind of stuff. Anybody kind of in that those trades right now are making money. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm excited for the next question. Do you want to read it, Mr. Tate? No, you, why don't you read it? Okay, from Star Friedel. What are your favorite things to do for fun that is related to prepping? Ooh, do you ever sit and play a game, do a puzzle, or something not prepper related for fun? Glenn, we know you don't have time to read. Huh. P.S. Y'all have changed my life, my family's lives, and many of my friends' lives. Thank you ever so much. Well, Star, first of all, you're welcome, and we are glad. Thank you so we are so humbled. much. That We are glad to hear that your friends, family, and community have benefited, and that makes us happy. So... Things that I do for fun that is prepping related. I work out. Now that I've gotten yeah. my knee better repaired, I'm working out more, which I'd love to do. We all need to do that. I'm not going to lie. I love gardening. I love gardening. Yes, you I do. I love it. And when I'm you in, light up when it's like I do. time to plant stuff. And I want to go like make lots of things grow. Okay. The other one that I've revisited... I do like listening to podcasts. I like listening to them while I work out. I have gone back and started re-listening to a podcast that we recommended two or three years ago because they've added more episodes to it, and that's Blackout. Blackout came out like right around the time we started prepping Mm -hmm. 2.0. It is really well produced. It is a fictional story. It's like audio theater. Oh, my gosh. It's awesome. And I'm re-listening to it because they've added another season or two. So Because that's what happened is they did a season, and then they stopped, and it was nothing for a couple of years, and now they've added to it. It is harrowing to listen to that now after – 
what's changed since that first came out too. It's very predictive. It's really weird. So that's what I do. What about you? Well, the main thing I do for fun that's prepping related is something I haven't done in quite some time. Shooting. Shooting. I love shooting. Um, my my favorite gun is an AR-15 and twenty two long rifle because it is so much fun to plank. It is recreation. It is wonderful. I haven't done it in a while. Cause, and we do it together, too, and we yeah, have a lot of fun. Been a little under the weather. so 2021 kicked us yeah. a little bit. And so, you know, now we're reconstituting our stuff. Another thing that I do for fun that's prepping related, and it's a very general category, is um, it is sort of homesteading stuff. It is all the little repairs and I have to learn how to do stuff. I didn't have a mechanical background. I don't have any mechanical aptitude, by the way. It's like, seriously, no kidding. It's almost kind of a, kind of a learning disability, but anyway, so it's doing stuff around the house. So I think it would be time for me to mention the firearms radio network podcast of the week spotlight. And this one is high caliber history Uh, the firearms radio network as the name implies is a group of 28 podcasts all firearms related prepping 2.0 is a proud affiliate of that network and high caliber history is and when i saw this i thought this is not going to be interesting but it actually is it's a museum curator about guns a gun museum curator all kinds of stuff yeah all kinds of stuff about old guns and the history of guns is always fascinating to me. It's far more than just the mechanical operation of the gun. It is so many other things. You know, the reason for having that gun. Um, sometimes there's intrigue if it's about the army adopting a gun or not adopting a gun. There's, you know, intrigue about why a particular gun was was decided to be the one that the army would go with, for example. So. Um, There you have it. That is our highlighted podcast of the week on the Firearms Radio Network, High Caliber History. So, folks, we're going to take these questions into the after show. First first and foremost, thanks to our patrons for some really interesting questions because I'm sure the Doritos answer was awesome. But we are going to talk about the proper role of government when it comes to a disaster when we come back in the after show. Folks, um... Keep joining us. I, I'm loving these topics as we just live out this these crazy times. Um, want to just remind you from one of our great, great founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. Adios. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.